Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the Eternity Bible Study Podcast, where we walk through the Bible together every weekday, Monday through Friday. We're podcasting from here in the United States and in Zambia with a goal to share our thoughts and encourage one another as we read God's Word together verse by verse. My co-host in Zambia, Matali, and I are both listening to Through the Bible Podcast and then sharing our thoughts and encouragement with you. From America to Africa and everywhere else, God is in control. As always, our attribution goes to Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. So if you've ever wanted to try to read the Bible every day, we hope you can join us. We're regular people just like you, trying to learn more about God and walk in step with His Holy Spirit. So if you have your Bible, feel free to read along. And if not, no problem. We'll try to put it all together for you. So let's get started. Hello, everyone. We're back in the book of 1 Samuel. We're um, at chapter 29 and 30 today. Um, in chapter 29, the Philistines reject David. Remember, David's been living in Philista. Um, he sort of exiled himself from uh, from the nation Israel. Um, McGee teaches that he's, he's stepping out a little bit of the will of God because he's left the land of Israel. He's made a mistake. Um, uh, McGee says, we all make mistakes. David made mistakes. Uh, and McGee teaches, you know, David really shouldn't have left the land of Israel, but he did. Um, God's not punishing him, uh, but, you know, he's getting a lot of things he doesn't bargain for. Um, so, you know, the the times are hard, harder than they, they could have been. But David left because he was tired of running around uh, trying to escape being killed by Saul. So he he is now um, living in the land of the Philistines, and he was serving their king there. So chapter 29, verse 1, Now the Philistines had gathered all their forces at Aphek, and the Israelites were encamped by the spring that is in Jezreel. And the lords of the Philistines were passing on by hundreds and by thousands, and David and his men were passing on in the rear uh, with Achish. And so, um, you know, David's hanging back. Uh, he's in the rear. And the commanders of the Philistines basically said, what are these Hebrews doing here? You know, like, who is this? And Achish said to the commanders of the Philistines, this, this is sort of the king. Uh, he's saying, uh, is this not David, the servant of Saul, king of Israel, who's been with me now for days and years? And since uh, he deserted to me, I found no fault in him to this day. So he's trying to tell the commanders, he's my personal servant. Uh, But the commanders of the Philistines were angry with him. And the commanders of the Philistines said to him, Send the man back, that he may return to the place which you have assigned him. He shall not go down with us to battle, lest uh, in the battle he become an adversary. You know, and these commanders were right. I mean, they were saying, like, who is this guy? He was our former enemy. Now, what is he doing, you know, standing with us right now? You know? This is the same guy who they're singing, Saul has struck down his thousands and David his ten thousands. So, no, we don't want this guy. So, Akish basically tells David, 
you know, I need you to go back, go, go back and just, you know, leave the battlefield. Um, the commanders don't want you go in peace. And David says to Kish, you know, what have I done? This is verse eight. What have you found in your servant from the day I entered your service till now that I may not go and fight against the enemies of my Lord, the king? In other words, David is saying, you know, I'm ready to go fight against the Israelites. You know, like, what is this? David is clearly, you know, out in the wrong. And Akish basically says to David, verse 9, I know you're blameless in my sight as an angel of God. Nevertheless, the commanders of the Philistines have said, he shall not go up with us to the battle. So rise early in the morning with the servants of your Lord who came with you and start early in the morning and depart as soon as you have light. So David leaves in the morning and return to the land of the Philistines. But the Philistines went up to Jezreel. So they went to battle. David goes back to the land of the Philistines. So David is in uncertain times. David is maybe, you know, McGee says, have you ever made a mistake? Have you ever done something you wish you regretted? Well, maybe this is this time for David. He's in the wilderness. He's not even in the promised land anymore. Verse. Now, we're into chapter 30. Now, when David and his men came to Ziglag on the third day, the Amalekites had made a raid against the Negrib against Zitlag, and they overcame Zitlag and burnt it with fire and had taken captive the women and all who were in it, both small and great. They killed no one, but carried them off in the way. In other words, David's doing his thing. When he leaves, the Amalekites came in, capture all his family and all the families of all of his men. Then David finds all of their stuff burnt, their sons, wives, daughters, and sons all taken captive. Verse 4, And the people, David, and the people who were with him raised their voices and wept until they had no more strength to weep. And David's two wives had been taken captive. David was greatly distressed. And the people were talking of stoning him because people were bitter in the soul for each of his sons and daughters. And they were probably thinking the wives had been killed. But David's, but David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. McGee says that's probably, for him, one of the most memorable verses that we have here. What do we do in times of uncertainty, regret, Remember, David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. So then David says, bring me the ephod to the priest. That's something you wear when you're praying. And David inquired of the Lord. David prayed. He strengthened himself and he prayed, what do I do? You lead me. Don't let me make my own decisions. It, this is definitely what Saul did not do. And God tells him to pursue these people. He does. They find an Egyptian in the open country. They give him something to eat. And the Egyptian tells David and his men where these Amalekites are. So down the verse 16. And when he had taken him down, behold, there they were, spread abroad all over the land, eating and drinking. And David struck them down and recovered all of the Amalekites that had that uh, had taken 
and David rescued his two wives. Nothing was missing, whether small or great, sons or daughters, spoil or anything that had been taken. David brought back all. And there were 200 men that were too tired to go with him. And David shared the spoil, or I mean, David shared everything that they had brought back, not only with the men that went with him, but the men that did not go with him. And David said, verse 23, he has preserved us. He's talking about God and given into our hand the band that came against us. And he's talking about the different shares. For his share is who goes down to the battle, so shall be his share who stays by the baggage. They shall share alike. And they made a statue and a rule for Israel from that day forward to this day. So David shared back the spoils with all the people who stayed back as well as the people who went. So that's where we end this study today in chapters... um, 29 and 30. Looks like tomorrow is is Friday, uh, last day of the week. And it looks like tomorrow we're going to be finishing up chapter 31 in 1 Samuel. And that is finishing the book of Samuel, of 1 Samuel. So um, I'll be interested in seeing how this chapter ends tomorrow. So as always, for me to all of you, God bless you. Keep your hearts centered on Christ on this great spiritual battlefield. Remember, strengthen yourself in the Lord your God in times of uncertainty. We'll see you here next time. And as always, our prayers go up for sweet Emma and sweet Jean. Now, I'll turn the rest of the podcast over to our co-host in Zambia, Matali. Matali, I hope you're doing great. Look forward to hearing your take on this study today. God bless you all. We'll see you next time. So today's teaching is coming from 1 Samuel chapter 29, beginning at verse 1, all the way through to 1 Samuel chapter 30, verses 1 through to verse 31. So in our last study, David became, that was yesterday, yesterday's study, David became discouraged and he wanted to quit and he left the land. So God never told him to leave any more than God had told Abraham to leave. But on both Abraham and David's uh, part, it was a lapse of faith. So, you know, they started to lose faith. And, you know, their faith started to wane rather than not to lose faith. So David stepped out of the land and moved into the country of Philistia, which was the enemies of his people. So he went there and spent time there and he became a good friend of you know one of the the king like one of the chiefs there there were different like um chiefs there so the war um there was a war that broke out between the philistines and the israelites and david found himself in an awkward spot but he felt obliged to stay with the philistines that's akish the king of the philistines this one of the chiefs of the Philistines, whom David had um, benefited, sorry, not benefited, who David had befriended. And David felt he should be his ally, but God intervened and prevented David from attacking his own people. 
So if we look at this situation that David is in today, and you know, we relate it in today's terms, we don't actually realize how many times God intervenes in our lives. So we sometimes step way over the boundaries of where God wants us to be, wants us not to be, to keep us from committing a terrible, terrible sin that we actually will or would regret the rest of our lives. So God is constantly intervening. It's more like you're trying to step in in front of like a highway with like like fast moving cars and you know, there's always just someone to pull you back. Oh no, you can't step out there because you know, you're going to get into a lot of problems. And this is what God constantly does. And this is like, you know, what God did for David. God's always doing that for us. So scripture reads, verse 1, Then the Philistines gathered together all their armies at Aphek, and the Israelites encamped by the fountain, which is in Jezreel. And the lords of the Philistines passed in review by hundreds and by thousands. But David and his men passed in review at the rear with Akish. So David you know, was there with the Philistines, you know, where they were gathering here in Aphek. And the other lords of the Philistines saw David, and they actually knew who he was, and they didn't, um, they actually didn't want him there with them. And they are, you know, rightly so to not want him there. And this is very logical because you know on their part because even in our christian circles today we would not really trust the person who was once against us you know once our enemy is saying like crazy horrible stuff about us and then all of a sudden this person now comes and is on our side and you know wants to be good and also the logical thing is logic actually just kicks in the logical thing is start wondering hmm, what does this person want verse three goes on to read then the princes of the Philistines said, What are these Hebrews doing here? And Achish said to the princes of the Philistines, Is this not David, the son of the Saul, the son of Saul king of Israel? Sorry, the servant of Saul king of Israel, who has been with me these days or these years, and to this day I have found no hold in him because Sorry, no fault in him since he defected to me. So Akish, the Philistine, who David had been with, could find no fault in David, as David had been loyal to him and never attempted to undermine him. And David was, you know, not that kind of a man. He was a God-fearing man, a very honest man. And, you know, today we have a great deal of Christians who try to actually undermine others, you know, who feel they're better than others, they're well learned than others, they're well versed than others, and they just try to just undermine or look down upon others. And verse 4 goes on to read, But the princes of the Philistines were angry with him, so the princes of the Philistines said to him, Make this fellow return, that he may go back to the place which you have appointed for him, and do not let him go down with us, to battle, let least the battle he became sorry, least in the battle he became our adversary with our adversary for with what could he reconcile himself 
to as master, if not with the heads of these men. So, you know, there was a certain amount of logic here in their thinking, in these men's reasoning. Since these men did not know David, one can't blame them for the position that they are taking. You know, as opposed to Akisha. Akisha knew him and, you know, he trusted him. And this is why he actually brought him to this battlefield here to come and fight on their side. And these men are just using, like, pretty much, you know, regular logic. Um, verse 5 goes on to read, Is this not David, of whom they sang to one another in dances, saying, So has slain thousands, and David his ten thousands? So this is a position of these men, and it's pretty logical, actually. Verse 6 goes on to read, Then Akish called David and said to him, Surely as the Lord lives, you have been upright, and your going out and your coming in with me in the army is good in my sight. For to this day I have not found evil in you since the day of your coming to me. Nevertheless, the lords do not favor you. Therefore, return now and go in peace, and you that you may not displease the lords of the Philistines. So Akish, one of the leaders of the Philistines, said he is is basically saying I am outnumbered to the lords of the Philistines, the other lords of the Philistines. Won't accept David. So for harmony's sake, David was asked to actually leave and this was um here, you know, David might look at it unfair or anything like that, but this actually was the providence of God. So God delivered David from fighting his own people, which he would have lived to regret for the rest of the life for his life. Because David was the kind of person who, you know, he kept his word. Verse eight goes on to read. So David said to Akish, But what have I done? And to this day, what have you found in your servant as long as I have seen been sorry with you that I may go not go and fight against the enemies of my lord the king. So um you know King Saul was David's enemy as well and at this time David felt that he was perfectly right in doing this thing but you know in perspective David's lapse of faith is stepping out of the land which meant he stepped out of the will of God and opened up the ways to sin. So when one actually steps out of the will of God, it doesn't mean they lose their salvation, but one gains something that they wish they didn't have, a lot of trouble. And this is what David has gained, a lot of trouble. So now he's in this dilemma. Verse 11 goes on to read, um, So David and his men rose early to depart in the morning to return to the land of the Philistines, and the Philistines went up to Jezreel. So Jezreel is up uh, north near the valley of Azdrela. That's um, actually, it's part of Azdrela. So while David and his men were gone, you know, another enemy from the south, that's the Amalekites, they invaded the, the Philistine country and the place that David had actually made his home. Um, while he was out of the land, that's in Ziklag, down in the south, even, you know, so south of uh, Beersheba. 
So we'll see this in the next chapter, and that's in chapter 30. And chapter 30, verse 1 reads, Now it happened when David and his men were in Ziklag on the third day that the Amalekites had advanced, had sorry, had invaded the south and Ziklag attacked. And Zik, so had invaded the south and Ziklag attacked Ziklag and burned it with fire and had taken captive the women and those who were there from small to great. They did not kill anyone, but carried them away and went their way. So David and his men came to the city, and there it was burnt with fire, and their wives, were, their, wives their sons, and their daughters had been taken captive. So David and his men returned from Jezreel to the scene that I've just read out. So David was, you know, David at this particular point has over 600 followers, each one married with a wife and children. So it was quite a large number, a um, large community. Verse 4 goes on to read, Then David said to the people who were with him, lifted up, sorry, then David and the people who were with him lifted up their voices and wept until they had no more power to weep. So, you know, this is actually a very great blow. Very, very, very great blow. It's very sad. Verse 5 goes on to read, And David's two wives, uh, Ahinoam, and the Jezreelite, and Abigail, the widow of Nabal, the Carmelite, had been taken captive. So Abigail here, had been married to Nabal, who we had actually read about. Nabal was a wealthy man and all. And, you know, Nabal's name meant fool. And after Nabal died, David married her. And she she was actually the good part of David's life. She was the only woman that did him good. That was actually a blessing to him. Verse 6 goes on to read. Now David was greatly distressed for the people spoke of stoning him because the soul of all the people was grieved every man for his son and daughter but david strengthened himself in the lord his god so here you know they wept for their sons and daughters because they actually thought the the women had been murdered so you know as we can see here david um so David had actually made a great blunder here on his part. So David is um, in a bad spot. He's um, lost his loved ones and his own followers um, under this great emotional stress of, um, you know, of having lost their loved ones uh you know, people want to stone David. You know, like earlier said, when you step out of the will of God, you haven't lost your salvation. You just gained something that you really don't want, a lot of trouble. And this is what David did. He stepped out of the land, so he his faith warned, and he had stepped out of the will of God. So David here, like Scripture says, has strengthened himself in the Lord his God. So he resorts to prayer. He looks to God. So there are many times in our lives, plenty of times in our lives, that the circumstances will not produce any joy or happiness. There are times where we are in 
a dark, dark place like David was here. Uh, when we, he just felt God was far from him. So when you look um, about you, it looks, you know, hopeless and helpless when you're in this particular position. But, you know, don't despair. So what does one actually do? Do If you're a child of God, you will encourage yourself in the Lord like what David did. Turn to him. Sometimes God puts us in a particular spot like so, like David, so that we will return to him. And it's a time, you know, it's in a time like this that he will actually make himself real to you and me. So if you just be still and know that he is God, like he will reveal himself to you. He will come up to you. So strengthen yourself in the Lord like David did. Verse 7 goes on to read. Then David said to um, Abiathar, the priest, Ahimelech's son, please bring the ephod here to me. And uh, Abiathar brought the ephod to David. Okay, so um, here now... um, David gets the garment um, that speaks of, that's the ephod, this is the garment that speaks of prayer and he goes to God in prayer at a time like this because God is our shepherd, he is our great high priest, he is the one we actually turn to, um, you know, in times of very trying times and just every time, every day, he's the one we actually should turn to. Verse 8 goes on to read, so David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him, Please pursue, for you shall surely overtake them and without fail recover all. So David here, he makes this inquiry to God. And God encourages him to go. So because he strengthened himself in the Lord. And verse 10 goes on to read, But David pursued he and 400 men for 200 stay behind who were so weary that they could not cross the brook Besor. So David actually pursues now. So he, when he got back all the provisions, you know, when he got back from, um, what's that place again? had actually read about it, uh, Afek. When you go back from Afek, all the provisions were actually taken. And, you know, 200 of the men could not make the trip because they had actually marched double time to get back. And they found, you know, uh, Ziklag, their village had been, their place where they, were, they had been uh, robbed and looted and nothing was left for them. So they couldn't manage to march back to to. to Go in pursuit of the Amalekites. Verse 11 goes on to read, Then they found an Egyptian in the field and brought him to David and gave him bread and he ate and then let him drink water. And they gave him a piece of cake of figs and two clusters of raisins. So when he had eaten, his strength came back to him, for he had eaten no bread nor drunk water for three days and three nights. So this fella here, this Egyptian here, um, 
he was sick and he is he's the one who told David that he was a servant of one of the Amalekite leaders and when he got sick they actually just left him there they abandoned him they left him there to die and now here David has found his this man and he's yet to find the enemy and wants to actually know where they are so the Egyptian you know he tells them where the Amalekites um, led where the Amalekites actually had gone and what had happened at the burning of Ziklag. So this Egyptian, he is, makes a deal. Like, if I tell you, promise not to return me to my master. And David, being a man of Israeli, says, oh, okay, you know, I'm not going to do such a thing. I'm not going to take you back to your master. So here again, you know, we see the hand of God in a lot of things because we're too... Um, focused on other things that we tend not to see the hand of God in a lot of things. So here is the hand of God. This um, Egyptian fell ill and David and his people showed kindness on him and found him and he told them where the Amalekites had gone and he told them what exactly had happened at Ziklag because they knew that, you know, obviously the Amalekites had killed um, their wives but in fact they had actually just uh, taken them captive. Verse 16, I'm going to drop down verse 16, and verse 16 reads, And when he had brought him down, there they were spread out all over the land, eating and drinking and dancing because of all the great spoil which they had taken from the land of the Philistines and from the land of Judah. Verse 17, Then David attacked them from twilight until the evening of the next day, not a man of them escaped except 400 young men who rode on camels and fled. So, these fellows had a little, you know, transportation that was, um, that they actually used to get away. You know, very few of them got away. Verse 21, it goes on to read, Now David came to the 200 men who had been so worried that they could not follow David um, whom they shall David whom they also had made to stay at the brook Bessel so they went out to meet David and to meet the people who were with him and when David came near the people he greeted them so there was you know an argument of whether the 200 men that actually couldn't make it to pursue the Amalekites um in battle with uh you know should actually share in the spoils of battle and David actually puts a great principle um those who actually didn't make the trip will share equally in the booty. So this actually reveals justice on the part of David. Okay, so this is where we end today's teaching. Okay, let me just read verse 31 and verse 31 of chapter 30 of first summaries. Those who were in Hebron and to all places where David himself and his Men were accustomed. So David actually shared out, you know, the spoils. Um, even to those who actually didn't make 
um, make it to the battle. And, you know, David was an upright man after God's own heart. He was a just man, and it reveals um, justice on his part. So this is our teaching for today. You know, for me, um, my main highlight in today's teaching, which, you know, I felt like sharing is, you know, many times we're backed in a corner and we feel, you know, there's nowhere to turn to. Guess what? Turn up. Look up. God's there. God's got you. And, you know, maybe God put you in that particular position so that you look to him and focus on him. Refocus. And, you know, many times we step out of the will of God and a lot of times God intervenes. He pulls us back. We step out of the will of God and um, we feel, you know, we're in a dark place and there's nowhere to look. Look up. Be still and know that I am God. Because we are too busy concentrating on other things that we do not realize God's always there. God's always got our back. So yeah, let's always, always remember that, you know, no situation is permanent. And if we look to God, he is there. You know, this um, should be a source of encouragement for us. You know, David was in a dire, dire um, place. But he looked to God. He found his strength. He strengthened himself in the Lord and trusted. And um, the Lord was there and the Lord answered his prayer. So this is our teaching for today. Thank you all for listening and God bless you all and have a pleasant day. Bye.